what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we, we indeed thank you this morning for the opportunity to come and hear from the Spirit of God, from the Word of God. And I pray that every ear, every heart, and every mind will be receptive. I thank you that the Word already has the power in it. It already is anointed. And all we have to do is just obey you. And so if, as I step back, I ask for you to step forward. And as I decrease, I ask for you to increase. So that people can hear what God is saying to not just this church, but for their life. And I pray that signs, miracles, and wonders will be performed in every person's life. As a result of not just hearing the word today, but putting it into practice in their everyday life. Thank you for life-changing experiences happening after today's word. In Jesus' name, and everybody say, amen. amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. My topic today is dealing with a very misunderstood and seemingly negative topic for, I think, most Christians. Uh, we're going to be discussing the subject of patience. Just look at your neighbor and say, we're talking about patience. But not necessarily from the standpoint of how most of us view it, but from the standpoint of how powerful it is and how necessary it is for our faith to work successfully. And so today's lesson title, if you didn't get the CD, you want to write it down. Today's lesson title is Patience Has a Payday. Now look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I can't wait to hear this. Now look at the other neighbor and say, see, that's your problem right there. <laughs> we can't wait for anything. And the goal of our lesson is to discover what biblical patience is, look at how patience affects our faith, and then finally discover the benefits or the payday that comes with exercising patience. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to find two verses of Scripture. Find Hebrews chapter 10, verses 36, and then Hebrews chapter 6, verses 12. That was Hebrews chapter 10, verses 36, and then Hebrews chapter 6, verses 12. And while you're doing that, we're going to start our lesson out this morning by defining uh, what biblical patience means. Uh, the word patience in the Bible means to be cheerful or hopeful in enduring. It also means to continually wait. It means to be steadfast in waiting for something. It also means to exercise constant endurance. Everybody say constant endurance. Now, if you'll notice, the word endurance 
came up two times in the definitions that I gave. And so what I did, I went to the regular dictionary to define what endurance was so we can fit it into our definition. The word endurance means, listen to this, this is very good, the ability or strength to last in spite of fatigue, in spite of stress, or other adverse conditions. So the word endurance means to be able to last regardless or in spite of the conditions that we may be facing, whether they're good or bad. So what I did, I took the word endurance and I took the definitions for the word patience and I combined it and made my own definition. And this is very simple, but I want you to listen to what the definition says. It says, patience is the ability to wait steadily through any condition while God works to bring his word to pass based on what I have prayed for and after I have done my part. I'm going to say that again. The word patience is the ability to wait steadily. Everybody say steadily. Steadily through any condition while God works to bring his word to pass based on what I have prayed for after I have done my part. So I have three minor points this morning that I know you're going to grasp. And so here's point number one if you're taking notes. And if you're not taking notes, you should take notes this morning. Here's point number one. Patience has a payday. Now the reason I put this point up front, because many of you don't have enough patience for me to get it down to the end. Our society, because see, you, somehow you all would miss the points because you're trying to see, well, when is my payday coming? So I'm putting this point up front, but here's why I'm putting it up front. I'm putting it up front because our society in general pushes us to want things right now. As a matter of fact, patience and waiting are not the same. When we wait in our society, you put something in the microwave, you put 30 seconds, how long do you have to wait? 30 seconds. How many don't normally even wait the whole 30? You try to stop it before the 30. Come on, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Yeah, you couldn't wait. That's why that piece was still cold at the bottom, because you couldn't wait. Okay, uh, we, we have timelines. Everything has a time. When you Listen, when they come to deliver something to your home, if they're coming to fix something, what do they do? They give you a time frame. They say, we'll be there between 8 and what? 11 or 8 and 12 and they're giving you a time frame but see patience doesn't work like that patience is on God's timeline and if we confuse the two we'll miss seeing God work and so I want you to find Hebrews 10 36 because this is so awesome because I discovered that if you will learn how to walk in biblical patience you will see a payday at the end of it and many of us don't see the payday because we don't exercise patience. And many of us don't because we feel that patience is a bad thing, but it's actually a good thing. Watch now in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. It says, for you, look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. For you have, what's the next word, class? Come on, class. What is it? Okay, now, when you, let me ask you a question. Do you want air or do you need air? You need some air. Do you need to brush your teeth or do you just want to brush your teeth? Look at your neighbor and say, you need to brush your teeth. No, 
about some things are a need. And he says here, for we have need of patience. That means we cannot do without this thing called patience. He said, for you have need of patience. Watch this. That after you and I have done what? After we have done the will of God. Let me just stop there. After we have done our part. After we have learned the word, after we have obeyed scripture, after the Bible says love your enemies, after you've done that, after you have loved your husband, after you have loved your wife, after you have given your tithe and given your offering, after you have uh, done the hard work at work, waiting for the promotion, he says after you have done your part, this is so good because many times we want God to do his first. Oh God. I'll do this if you'll do this. No, he's saying, I'll do mine after you do yours. And let me tell you why God does that, because most of us wouldn't do our part. I mean, okay, we're going to be honest today, all right? How many of us have promised God something, we were in a jam? How many have been in a jam before? And you pray one of those jam prayers. This is a jam prayer. If you don't know what a jam prayer is, this is a jam prayer. Not, not, now, some of y'all don't, don't replace that J with nothing else now. This is a jam prayer. Lord, if you'll get me out of this, then I will do such and such. How many prayed that prayer before? And then how many of you, he got you out and you did not do so and so? Come on. If I'm okay, all right. Praise the Lord. So here he says that after you have done the will of God, read this part with me, you might receive the promise. Now, I'm going to read that in the... Uh, living Bible, but I want to give you a take-home statement. So if you're taking notes, just write down the letters, T-H-S, take-home statement. And here's what I want you to write down. Waiting has a timeline. Patience has a promise line. I'm going to say that again. Waiting has a timeline, but patience has a promise line. And as we get down closer to the lesson, you're going to see that the way that patience is triggered is when you can see the promise at the end of the line. He said, so waiting has a timeline. Patience has a promise line. Now I'm going to read Hebrews 10.36 in the Living Bible. It says, you need to keep on patiently doing God's will if you want him to do for you all that he's promised. Now go over to Hebrews chapter 6. We're in the same book of Hebrews. Go to Hebrews chapter 6. And I want you to look in verses 12. We're going to read verses 12 through 15. I'm still on point number one. Patience have a payday. Now if you notice in that verse, he says if we will do our part and we exercise patience, he says then you'll receive the promise. The promise is the payday. Now let's see that again in Hebrews chapter chapter 6 verses 12. He says that you be not slow, for don't be lazy, but be followers of those who through faith, and what else class? Patience did what? Inherit the promise. In other words, it takes more than just faith to bring to pass what God wants for you. He says it was through faith, and what else? Patience. In other words, the, the, the ability to, to steadily be able to, watch this, endure until, under any conditions, endure to see God come through. For when, verse 13, for when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could not swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely I will bless you 
Watch this now. This is good. And multiplying, I will multiply you. Everybody say, that's a promise. Now watch what happens. And so, read it with me, after he had, come on class, what's that word? After he what? After Abraham had patiently endured, after he was steady in the midst of difficulty, trials, and temptations, and even doubt, in the midst of that, he remained steady in waiting on God, and what happened? He obtained the promise. In other words, God made a promise to Abraham when he was 90 years old that he was going to have a kid. 90! And do you know it took almost 10 years before Abraham actually ended up having the son of promise? Now, I was sharing with someone recently, and I put this in our email that I sent out, that some, I was saying to them, we were talking about dreams and goals and desires and calls of God on your life. And I said to them, you know, what if God wanted to use somebody else to pay for your dream? I said, but the problem with most believers, we don't wait patiently enough for God to, watch this, put the dream in their heart to pay for it, or watch this, put the money in their hands to give to you to even finance the dream. But what we do, our dream payer is called MasterCard, Visa, and Discover. We don't have enough time to wait and watch God put it on the hearts of somebody else to bring to pass what we desire. And the Bible says, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and he will, listen, he'll do it. You know, uh, all of your desires don't have to be all churchy and dignified. I mean, you can desire Spring Creek. I mean, heaven desired to go to the Justin Bieber concert. That was her desire. wasn't my desire. I didn't want to stand in line all day. was not my desire at all. But then I watched somebody. God put it on the heart of somebody. I mean, literally. Because heaven was supposed to be out of town in Jamaica. So she wasn't going to be able to go anyway because the, the whole uh, concert was actually while she was in Jamaica. But because she wanted to see that three feet guy that has a, uh, what's the, what's the guy name that has the, uh, what did I say? What's his name? Heaven. The guy, the Jimmy, Jimmy Neutron hair. See, if you don't have kids, you won't understand what I'm saying. Jimmy Neutron, how many know who Jimmy Neutron is? Oh, Jesus. I got a song stuck in my head right now. You know, Landon comes in the room. It's not even 7 o'clock. Daddy, can we pick my clothes out for church? I'm like, son, it's not, it's no, get in the bed and watch cartoons. Uh, and and all I, can, I can't get my little pony out of my head. How many know my little pony? Let me see. My little pony. It's just rolling. It won't stop. Somebody paid over $3,000 for heaven to go to Justin Bieber's concert and be on the floor and as close as they are to the stage. But it's because she had enough faith to wait because I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> Amen. Some of us have to, we need to wait because you're paying for stuff that God wants to put on somebody's heart to do for you. 
Do you know God is behind the scenes orchestrating things that you can't see? And now here you are. You're so impatient that you end up having a triple digit interest rate on this car that had you waited, God had somebody that was going to give you one. So here's point number two if you want to write this one down. Patience is a part of the faith process. Patience is a part of the faith process. And you know what? Most of us wasn't taught like we weren't taught like this. So let me just explain it to you. Go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Faith, uh, patience is a part of the faith process. Mark chapter 11. I'm going to look in verse 22. It says, And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, which we talked about last week, but shall believe that those things which he say shall come to pass. Read this part with me. He shall have whatsoever he said. Now, the word shall have is future tense. It goes on to say in verse 34. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you, read it two, two words, shall have them. Now, I looked up the word shall have because I wanted to find out what it actually means. And uh, basically, that's a future tense type word. And we can have mountain moving faith, but until we exercise patience for the shall have, we won't see our faith completed. Notice shall have. Now, shall have is the patience part. That's the part that we'll have to exercise consistent and steady patience regardless of what the circumstances are. Now, turn to Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1. Turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. And I need seven men quickly, seven men up here on the stage for me. Seven men on the stage. Uh, make sure you count before you come up here. Seven men. Second uh, Peter Chapter 1, look in verse 5, and I'm going to read this verse, and you all can just line up right here, 7 if you would. Let's read the verse. It says, and besides this, give all diligence. What's the next word, class? Are y'all there? Are y'all with me? Are y'all watching the men? Y'all watching me and let me start over. Y'all mess me up. Okay. And besides this, giving all diligence, what's the next word? Come on, Claire. What is it? What is it? Add. Now, watch this now. The word add means to fully supply, aid, or contribute. Fully supply, aid, or contribute. In other words, he's saying whatever he's about to say, he wants you to add this. To your what? Come on, class. What? So whatever he's saying add, what is it being added to? Now, I'm going to be faith. Okay? I'll tell you what. Give me, Brandon, come up here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let him be faith this morning. All right? Because I want to I wanna, uh, just express this because most of us think that all we need is faith. But see... It's, the Bible says through faith and patience, they inherited the promise. So some of us are not inheriting the promise because we have faith, but we're not waiting the way God wants us to. What we're doing is we're waiting like the world tells us. Five, five minutes. God has been five days. 
It's been five. God, I prayed a prayer. God, it's been five minutes. I ain't seen nothing happen yet. That's how kids are. Landon, I hate commercials because he asked me for everything on the commercial. God, Daddy, can I have this? Daddy, can I have that? And he wants you to go, like, can we go to Toys R Us right now? Dude, it's 12 o'clock at night. No, we can't go to Toys R Us. So you're going to be faith. So watch this now. He says, add, and I want everybody to turn this way. All right? He says, the first thing he wants us to add to our faith, what's the first thing? Read the verse. Virtue. Okay, so virtue, I want you to come and put your hands on his shoulders. Now, we just added virtue to faith. Now, he says, and to virtue, what's the next one? Knowledge. Now, so that's why you can't be uh, a, a Christian who does not know. You need to know what God's will is for your life. Then he says, add to knowledge, what's the next one? Temperance. You can't go off like you used to go off. You can't have Starbucks experiences no more. I had a Starbucks experience in my dream last night. No, for real. You know, I don't know where it came from. I was buying two cars, and, I, and it was like the two cars weren't even for me. They were for somebody else. And I was buying two cars at one time. I was buying them for one dealer, and I was buying both of them from the same salesperson. And one of them, he, he made it work out. The other one, it was like he, he, he basically was getting a better price for it from somebody else, so he was selling it to them. And in the dream, I just beat this guy up in the dream. I had to wake up and repent to the Lord. Lord, forgive me, because that must have been in my subconscious in Jesus' name. <laughs> Add to your faith temperance. What's the next one? And to temperance what? Patience. Now, without patience is my faith incomplete. Yes. And that's why most of us, go back for me, patience. Go back for me, patience. That's why most of us, this is as far as we get. Because watch this. Keep going. Add to faith, uh, add to uh, temperance, patience. Watch this now. I'm going to show you something. Add to patience, godliness. Come on, you got to start living right one day in your life. <laughs> then to godliness, watch this, brotherly kindness. Amen. And then to the last one, and to brotherly kindness, what's this? Charity. Now, why is this important? Because the Bible says... Faith, on the front, work it by love. Okay, so if I don't have these added to my faith, which one of them is patience, if I don't have patience adding to my faith, I won't have enough endurance to allow the rest of these to work out because it takes patience to love people. It takes patience to treat people right. Are you all with me? Y'all give my being a big hand if you would. Go to James chapter 1 quickly. Go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Let's look in verse 2. James chapter 1. See, when you, when you have the right perspective on what patience does, what, what, let me show you what patience is saying. Patience is not saying, well, I'm going to see when God going to come through. No, patience said, I'm going to stand here till he comes. Watch this. James chapter 1, look at verse 2. He says, my brethren, count it all joy 
when you fall into diverse temptations. Most of us, we don't count it joy. We count it tears. We count it complaining. We count all the t- We count all the days. Well, Lord, you know, it's been five weeks and 24 days and three seconds and five milliseconds since, you know. He says, count it all joy when you fall into the days. Why? Knowing this, that the trying, the testing of your faith is developing or causing to perform patience. But he says, but let patience, the ability to endure regardless of the situation, let patience have her perfect work. Watch this. Here's a payday that you and I may be perfect, mature, and entire, wanting nothing. When you learn how to have the God kind of patience, it doesn't matter how long it takes for God to bring it because you will wait until he does. And when you don't wait on God in his timing and in his way, you'll end up birthing things in the flesh. Abraham, well, you know, at first when God told him he was going to have a kid, it was hard for him to believe the man was 90 years old. And finally, I guess when it took him enough years to believe, man, maybe I can have a baby. Then his wife was like, well, won't you sleep with that, that, that maid we have over here? And I'm sure he was happy about that. I mean, he was happy. He did it. Can you imagine a wife giving her husband consent to go sleep with somebody else? I don't understand that, but they did. So we end up having a baby, but that baby was out of the flesh. And some of us end up having babies in the flesh. And I'm not talking about just natural babies. I'm talking about you are birthing situations in the flesh. And that's why you can't afford. Listen, if you can't wait on God, who else you going to wait on? See, some of y'all, oh, this is prophetic right here. Some of you all are waiting on that man to propose. He ain't going to never propose. Because he ain't the right one. Huh. I felt a cold wind come through here. Y'all feel it? Man. You ain't waiting on the Lord. You're waiting on that man. You're waiting on the wrong person. You're not waiting on God. You're waiting on the job. Wrong person. You're not waiting on, on, on an increase because you want an increase. You're waiting on the wrong thing. God is saying, I am your increase. Watch this now. Oh, this is going to be so good. This is good. All right. All right. Let me just close with this. So how do we take advantage of patience? And what key can we put in place to help it work? Because I got to get you to put this thing in place. So go quickly, quickly to 1 John chapter 5. Go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. I want to read this to you. This is so good. 1 John 5. Now, this is the key to making patience work. And here's the third point. Here's the third point, And here's the key. Patience needs a picture. The only way you're going to wait patiently is that you got to see a picture. And everybody in the Bible who had to wait on God because he gave them a promise, what he did for them is he gave them a picture so they could wait on him. Now, let me just give you a faith process quickly on how to ask God for something. It says in verse uh, chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, look at verse 14. It says, and this is the confidence that we have in him. This is the confidence that we have in God. That if we ask, 
Notice he said, if we ask. And here's the part I don't understand. Why do Christians not ask? He said, if. Notice he didn't say when we ask. He says, if we ask, because everybody don't ask. He says, if we ask, what's that word? Anything according to his. So when you see God bless somebody with something, don't hate on it. Apparently it was his will for their life. According to his will, watch this now, he hears us. And if we know that he hear us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition. So I know that I have what I ask for, not because I ask it, but because he heard me. When God hears me, that's my confidence. At that point, he's going to do something. Now watch this. Here's how the process works. Write this, write this down. God makes a promise because that's the first thing that happens. God makes a promise. And then when God makes a promise, here's number two. We make and believe the petition that we ask him for. We make and believe the petition. And then number three, after we make and believe the petition, we stand in patience. Then after we stand in patience, here's number four that most people miss. We develop a patience picture. And then number five is we receive the promise. So you say, Pastor, give me some scriptural uh, uh, foundation for that. Go to Genesis 15 as we close. Go to Genesis 15. God did this to several people in the Bible. I'm going to tell you who they were, and then I'm going to look at a couple of people. God gave Abraham a patience picture that helped him endure until he saw his son Isaac. Genesis chapter 15, look in verse 1. And after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a what? In a vision, saying, fear not, Abraham, I'm your shield, I'm your great reward. And Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing that I go childless? He didn't, God didn't even get to talk to Abraham long. Abraham, the Lord was like, hey, Abraham, how you doing? Hey, God, what you going to do for me? Verse 3. And Abraham, well, I'll just read that. He says, seeing I go childless. Now, now notice this now. I need you to get this. Look in verse 2. And Abram said, Lord, what will you give me seeing I go childless? So how did Abraham see his situation? Everybody say childless. The picture that he had in his mind was a picture without a kid. Are you with me? Okay, so watch and see what God did for Abraham. And watch this, verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him saying, you shall not, watch this. This shall not be your heirs, talking about uh, his first son. But he shall then come forth out of your own loins, shall be your heir. And he brought him forth, God brought him forth abroad and said, look now toward heaven. Here's a patient's picture. And look at the stars. Are you able to number them? And he says unto him, so shall your seed be. Verse 6. And he believed. In the Lord, his God, and he and it counted him for righteousness. And it was it wasn't until Abraham first couldn't even see the sun, and then God says, "No, no, no! I want to let me take you outside. Come on outside. Look about the stars." He says, "Now see how many stars you see. I need you to keep that on your mind, and that's going to help you patiently walk through this process because this sun ain't going to come in a day. This sun is not going to come in a week. And when you can see the end, what is the end, class? The end is the promise." When you see the new car, put it up on the board. 
Cut it out, man. We live in an information. Listen, go on the internet. Get your, go to the deep shop. Get your uh, brochure. Whatever. Listen, if you want to get married, just put a ring up there. Just remember the ring. Keep it in for you. Put it on your cubicle. People, girl, you, you got a ring? I ain't got a man yet, girl, but he on the way. I'm waiting on the Lord. When the joker comes that ain't the right, when the lady comes who ain't the right one, because, you know, these Christian men, they know how to play the Christian women. Uh-huh. When, he, when, when she comes across, he can go, oh, no, no, not the right one. That's not the right one. I'm going to patiently endure. Because, see, I'd rather spend three additional years single than one year of, they ought to have a show called The Wife on Hell. The Wife from Hell. They ought to have one called The Husband from Hell, too. But you know they got all these shows. You know, they got the cat from hell, and they got the, you know, the, the, whisp, the dog whisperer. You know, they ought to have a, they, the couple whisperer. They need to have something that's edifying for people who are married, because right now, ain't nothing good on TV for married people. And single people, we got all these married people trying to get single and you trying to get married. That's a clue. Okay, let me just give you one more example. Can I give you one more example? Go to Genesis 37. Let's just stay in Genesis so that way you won't have to find no other verse. Genesis chapter 37. Let me show you another person that God gave a patience picture to. And this particular person, I mean, it took years for God to give him what he saw in the dream. And Joseph, I'm in chapter 37, verse 5. And Joseph dreamed a dream. And he told it to his brethren. And they hated him the more. Notice now, when he saw what God showed him, he shared it. Listen, share. If you're too scared to share what God said, maybe God didn't say it. How does faith come? By hearing. You know the word hearing means by declaring. Faith comes by declaring. When you going to declare something? You go, oh, I'm declaring it in my closet. Well, that's fine, but your closet ain't got nobody in there. I mean, Joseph was bold. He told his dream to his brothers. Now, I ain't saying tell it to everybody because, you know, they hated him, but say it to somebody. Put it on a voicemail at the church, something. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We don't need no full voicemail now. <laughs> Three in the morning. Hey, Pastor, this is so-and-so. <laughs> Okay, all right, here we go. Watch this. He dreamed a dream. He told it to his brothers. They hated him the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, they were binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheep arose uh, uh, and stood upright. And your sheaves, behold, they round about and they made obedience or obeisance, meaning they bowed down to his sheep. In other words, Joseph had a picture. And people wonder how Joseph was able to go through the prison situation, all that, because he still had the dream in front of him. And here's my question as we close. I wonder what dream God's put in you that you haven't had enough patience to let him come through with. You know, he's still able. You know, we had a dream of having a son. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad to God that my second child was not a girl because I won't try no more. We would have had to adopt a son because I wasn't going to have no more kids after number two. But we stood in faith. 
And even though our bodies weren't acting right, even though the doctors weren't acting right, even though the reports were negative, even though time wasn't on our side, we remained constant. And I got to a point where I say, you know what, if I got to be 75 years old having a son, then he going to, uh, I'm going to be a good old granddaddy looking daddy. So, you, you know, I, I feel that there's, we need, some of us, we need to ask God to forgive us because some of us have burst some things in the flesh and they're, they're rolling in our life and there's not a whole lot we can do about them now, but just the fact that you identify, man, I did that in the flesh, Lord, forgive me. Because let me tell you this, how, how do you know if something was in the flesh? The Bible says the blessings of the Lord make you rich and add no sorrow. So if there's some sorrow going on in your life, maybe it's because it wasn't the blessing of the Lord. Maybe you blessed yourself. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be here this morning. And if you know you've birthed some things in the flesh,